Welcome, it is indisputable, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda, a lot to cover today. Breaking down news of the day, I got the big homie, Trey Crowder, comedian. I call him comedian at large, I just like saying it like that. Also, in the debate segment, okay, we got Professor Dr. Alexander Salter, he's coming back. Uh, he's a PhD in economics, he's going to debate me about the inflation and also school mask mandates. He teaches at Texas Tech University. Top story of the day, Florida, Florida is pushing a law to make it illegal to make white people uncomfortable. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's being pushed by the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. This is really the most predictable bill of 2022. So let me give you some background to what they're trying to do. A bill being pushed by the governor of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, that would prohibit public schools and, and private businesses from making white people feel discomfort when they teach students or train employees about discrimination in the nation's past received its first approval on Tuesday. This is making it through the ranks of legislation, okay? The Senate Education Committee approved the bill that aims at critical race theory. Though it does not mention it explicitly as I've mentioned many times before, it never mentions critical race theory. Because that's not what is banning. Uh, this fell obviously on party lines with Republicans in favor of this ridiculous legislation and Democrats opposed. Democrats argued the bill is not needed, would lead to frivolous lawsuits, and said it would amount to censorship in schools. They asked without success for a real life example of teachers or businesses telling students or employees that they are racist because of their race. So literally during the debate about this ridiculous bill that would make it against the law to make white people uncomfortable. In the debate about the bill, Democrats said, well, okay, since you're so passionate about this new bill and you would like it to become law, can you cite an example of or two where this actually happened in the state of Florida? And no Republican was able to give example for any of it. The narrative goes on to say, the bill's not for blacks. The bill was not for any other race. This was directed to make whites not feel bad about what happened years ago. Said State Senator Chevron Jones, who was black. At no point did anyone say white people should be held responsible for what happened. But what I would ask my white counterparts is, are you an enabler of what happened? Or are you going to say we must talk about history? Now, let me be very clear, okay? There are more than just white people or white bigots who are enablers of this madness. You have other groups, you have other ethnicities who also will buy into this foolishness and say that all oh, critical race theory needs to be banned. Well, it's not even taught in K through 12 education. Now you're saying that 
uh, employers cannot teach it to uh, their staff. Well, once again, not a problem. But that's why the bill does not say critical race theory. This is a false pretext to create a context in order to do what they wanted to do in the first place. And that is to eliminate the acknowledgement of historical racism in the United States of America. That is it, that is their aim, that is their design, that is their plan, that is their play. Never forget why they're doing it. The bill reads in part, let me read part of this bill. It reads in part, an individual by virtue of his or her race, or sex does not bear responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. An individual should not be made to feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race. Now I wanna show you some irony here, okay? The state of Florida, they have not proposed a bill that would say, hey, it's illegal to say the N word. It's illegal to make black people feel uncomfortable by white people hurling the N word at them. It's no such bill. It's not even a bill to say, let's make it unlawful in the school system. No such bill. And I'm talking about teachers saying it to students. No such bill exists. You see, the discomfort that black people feel. Well, there's a narrative that says we deserve to feel that discomfort. But literally, you have legislation being passed in the state of Florida that would make it illegal to make white people uncomfortable. That's the genesis of the bill. As noted by WFLA's Evan Donovan, Florida State Senator Joe Gruters has introduced legislation that would bar governmental entities from entering into agreements with professional sports teams. This is different, but along the same line. So there's this other bill that says, if you don't play the United States national anthem at the start of each game, we will penalize you financially. We will no longer do business with you as a government. And let's show the picture of the guy who's sponsoring that bill. Here's the good senator out of Florida, that's Senator Joe. According to the report, teams that do not comply could face financial penalties or be cut from future business as punishment for their defiance. Now these are the same people screaming that they are all about freedom, that they are all about choice, but they're not. They are about nationalism. All of these sentiments, all of these bills, all of this legislation points to one thing. Nationalism in the United States of America. And we have to continue to cover it and not allow it to become normative. The day it becomes average news, the day we are not outraged by it is the day it's normal. We will not allow it to be normal here. Trey, what are your thoughts on this, brother? You see it for what it is. Yeah, I mean, okay, first of all, on that first bill they've got. So I've got uh, white children, uh, shockingly, I got two of them. They're in um, 
they're in school in Southern California, but they're from Tennessee. They were born in Tennessee. All of their family is still in Tennessee. They have been made aware that uh, Tennessee was on the wrong side of history back then. People, they, you know, slavery was in the South. People of Tennessee held. So they've learned all this stuff in school because these schools aren't ridiculous out here, right? And they've never come to me with any sort of inherent uh, discomfort over that. Like they've never come to me and be like, does this mean that we're inherently evil? You know, like they don't, children don't interpret uh, the truth that way in my experience. I don't think that you really have to worry about their precious little sensibilities unless they're going home and their parents are then laying all of that on them because of how they feel about what's being taught at school. So it's all really about the adults and their own insecurities. I grew up in Tennessee. I never, I never felt. I didn't lie awake at night thinking, Am, "Does this mean that I'm in the Klan and I never knew it?" Mm, because right. you know Tennessee yep. was bad. Like I never, <laughs> I never felt that way either. So if you do, it just says something about you and where you, how you feel about all those things. In my opinion, so it's all just like stuff they're making up, you know, and uh, pulling out of nowhere. Speaking of which, the whole national anthem thing like it's not it's not real they don't need not even that they don't need that law i feel like that's what state level uh congress people do all the time because they need something i don't feel like they don't really have all that much going on i'm sure there's important issues they could be addressing but they'd rather just make up some crazy bill to get their name in the headlines because you got to find some way to make a splash at that level or something. So like in Tennessee, they try to make the Holy Bible, the official state book, like anybody, you know, like we need a state book or like they've ever cared about books before, you know, so they just look for things they can put their name on and they, and they got to make these, you know, controversies up out of thin air in order yeah. to have something. So. Yeah, yeah, and listen, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, it, these are ridiculous bills, but dangerous because there was a time these bills would exist on the extreme side of the conservative party. Now they are part of the mainstream matrix of the conservative movement, and it makes all of these bills quite dangerous. All right, there's a sheriff and a medical doctor who decided to experiment on incarcerated individuals and give them ivermectin, ivermectin, excuse me, ivermectin without their permission and lied to them about what they were getting. Let's put up a picture of the sheriff. Let me start with him. The sheriff was aware of the experimental operation being led by a medical doctor that worked for him. This is extreme and egregious. We covered it when it first happened. Now, here's the update. The American Civil Liberties Union of Arkansas, they have now filed a federal lawsuit on behalf of four inmates. More inmates were involved, but four inmates signed onto this federal lawsuit who claimed they were given the drug ivermectin to treat COVID-19 without their consent, okay? Now, here's what you're not gonna hear. You're not going to hear all of the people who scream, we're all about choice and freedom. You're not going to hear them say, well, this takes away their freedom. This is wrong and this is bad. You're not going to hear Trump supporters defend these individuals who were incarcerated and then lied to and experimented upon. The suit accuses the Washington County Detention Center 
and the Washington County Sheriff, Tim Helder, the picture I just showed you. And the jail physician, Dr. Robert Karras, and the Karras Correctional Health of administering <clears throat> ivermectin to the inmates without prior informed consent as to the nature, content, or potential side effects of the drug. It gets, gets even deeper than that. Let's put up a picture of the medical doctor, okay? This medical doctor has a contract with the sheriff's office. The sheriff signs off on these contracts without the need of any bureaucracy. There is no vote from a committee. There was no there was no recommendation from a board. He signs off on these contracts directly. So more than likely they're buddy buddy. The FDA noted that ivermectin is not approved to treat or prevent COVID-19 in humans and that the drug is not an antiviral medication, taking large doses of this drug is dangerous and can cause serious harm according to the announced statement. Here's what the Surgeon General said a little while ago. Poison control center calls are climbing because what they're seeing are residents taking something called ivermectin, which is an anti-parasite drugs for horses and cows to treat coronavirus. This has even led to one hospitalization. Can you be clear for the American people on this drug? Well, Brandon, that is heartbreaking to hear. And let me just say very clearly that ivermectin is not a recommended treatment for COVID-19. It is not a recommended drug to prevent COVID-19. Uh, the best protection we have against COVID-19 is the vaccine. And if you get COVID-19, we actually do have treatments that work from steroids uh, to monoclonal antibodies and other treatments. But ivermectin is not one of them. So where is this madness coming from? You already know this madness comes from those that support Trump, those that are on the other side of the political narrative, those who would like to just be alternative, I guess, not follow the science, all right? Um, the plaintiffs are Edric Floreal Wooten, Jeremiah Little, Julio Gonzalez, and Damon Blackburn. They allege they were deceived over a period of days and possibly weeks after receiving high amounts of ivermectin. Now, this is a lawsuit so far. This should actually be a criminal charge, okay? So, right now, it is a federal lawsuit, but it should be a federal charge. Uh, here's why. The lawsuit which was filed on the 13th in the US District Court of Western Arkansas states that the plaintiffs say they were given ivermectin as early as November 2020, but did not become aware of the treatment until July 2021. Instead, they were told their treatment consisted of vitamins, antibiotics, and other steroids. They lied to them, this is illegal. It's against the law. This should be more than a federal lawsuit. This should be a federal criminal charge. And it's not. You know why it's not? Because they were incarcerated. That's why it's not. Because if your medical doctor would have done this to you, your medical doctor would be arrested. If my medical doctor did it to me, my medical doctor would be arrested. This was a conspiracy, a criminal conspiracy. And because these individuals were incarcerated, they are not being given the respect they deserve. They will get that respect here. August 2021, at a county budget hearing, the sheriff
Tim Helder confirmed that the correctional health company had been prescribing ivermectin as a treatment at the detention center. He admitted to doing it. The ACLU said in a news release, last year the sheriff's office defended the practice to the local paper saying that the treatment is voluntary. All of those who were incarcerated denied that. They were tricked according to all of them. Trey, thoughts? I mean, this is just like over the top evil in my opinion. I can't help but wonder like if it goes even higher, like you could see some like shady closed door meetings with like high level uh, ultra conservative super PACs or something where they hatched a scheme to try to prove the effectiveness of ivermectin through underhanded measures, you know? And then somebody's like, well, I don't know, we could just, we could just give it to prisoners. I got a bunch mm-hmm. of buddies in the prison industry, you know, we'll give it to them, nobody cares about them. And then we'll see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then who cares? They're still, you know, they're prisoners. Cause I've, uh, I have found, I'm, I get annoyed by the attitude towards inmates and prisoners uh, in this country on both sides, frankly, not everybody, a lot of, Certainly on the right, but I know from having like a liberal fan base that sometimes I've posted stories about uh, prisoner abuse or things like that. And I'll get people that are like fans of mine or self-professed liberals in the comments, just not really caring too much because America's got this really like punitive attitude. It's not about rehabilitation for anybody. It's just about punishment. The healthy can't do the time, don't do the crime thing. And people just get thrown in the trash in this country when they break the law. And it's one of those things that doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm from a white trash family with a lot of felonious behavior in it, including <laughs> from my mama. Maybe that's why I'm more sensitive to it. But like, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things that uh, gets swept under the rug uh, a lot is how terribly we mistreat people um, who end up on the wrong side of the law, no matter, you know, what their um, what their crime was, no matter yeah. how minuscule or what, and it doesn't matter if you end up in that position. There's not going to be a lot of people who are on your side. Generally, you know, speaking. we we have to start speaking from a position of principle. Here's my principle: I don't give a damn what they did. I don't right. care what crime they committed. I don't care what they are accused of. I don't care what they've been convicted of. I don't care. What I care about. It's the fact that they are human beings and we have a system called due process and no one should be poisoned in the United Mm -hmm. States of America in particular. But no one should be poisoned by those who are entrusted by way of our tax dollars to take care of them. No one should have to go through that. So we'll see, we're gonna continue to follow the story. There's a guy named Gary Chambers. Gary Chambers is a fascinating individual. He is running for political office. And he has a commercial that is going viral. He's smoking the ganja. Here it is. Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot just like me. I'm Gary Chambers and I'm running for the US Senate and I approve this message. 
I like Gary, I like that ad, I think it's very effective. It's factually accurate and it needs to be said. Glad he's running for political office. If he seems familiar to you, there's a reason why, all right? There was a viral video skyrocketed after he was in Baton Rouge and called out a member of the school board named Connie, here it is. So I had intended to get up here and talk about how racist Robert E. Lee was, but I'm gonna talk about you, Connie. Sitting over there shopping while we talking about Robert E. Lee. This is a picture of you shopping while we talking about racism and history in this country. Only white members of this board got up while we were up here talking too, because you don't give a damn and it's clear. But I'm gonna tell you what the slaves, my ancestors said about Robert E. Lee, since you don't know history, sister. Let me tell you that they said when he got the plantation after he got off the field where 27,000 people died at Gettysburg, Connie, Robert E. Lee, was a brutal slave master. Not only did when he whooped the slaves, he said, lay it on them hard. After he said, lay it on them hard, he said, put brine on them, sort of burn them. That's what Robert E. Lee did. And you set your arrogant self in here and sit on there shopping while the pain and the hurt of the people of this community is on display. Cause you don't give a damn and you should resign. You should have resigned two years ago when you choked a white man in his house. You should have resigned two weeks ago when you got on TV and said foolishness. And you should walk out of here and resign and never come back because you are the example of racism in this community. You are horrible. Many people, including myself, reached out to Gary during that time and said, brother, we need you to run for political office. And he is doing so now. There's more to the video though, here it is. Now, when do we as Baton Rouge stop being in 1856? If you want to name the building after somebody, how about PBS Pinchback, the first black governor of the state of Louisiana, when he was governor during Reconstruction? You want another name? Oscar Dunn, who was the lieutenant governor of the state of Louisiana in the 1860s that gave the right for Darius Landis and Don Collins and, and Evelyn Ware Jackson and Tramiel Howard to get here. You want to name it after somebody from Reconstruction? Name it after the people who fought for abolition of slavery. If you want to name it after somebody, honor the right people, the people who are on the right side of history. But it's your ancestor that the school is named after. So you're holding on to your heritage. But we built this joint for free. And we done begging you to do what's right. We need more people like that in politics and less people like the corporate Democrats and corporate Republicans. We need more people that are citizen servants, uh, they are citizens first, they are servants second. It started from an authentic direct connection to a policy or an issue that was right in front of them in their local community and they got passionate. They wanted to do something, so they went to their local leaders and they realized their local leaders won't do a damn thing because those local leaders are either there for their own agenda or for the agenda of somebody who's rich. We need more people like Gary. Trey. You like Gary? Oh my God, I love Gary. I can't even tell you the last time I saw a political ad, campaign ad, even for someone like who I supported yeah. that I cared about at all. Usually even the ones on my side are kind of eye rolly. This is like, I love this as much as I love most Marvel movies. You know? like <laughs> I got fired up by this, dude. I, I got so fired up, I got a thing on my 
Patreon where I review politicians. It's normally reserved for conservatives, so I can just go off on them for 10 minutes, you know. Uh, but I, I saw this yesterday and I love this so much. I might want covering this guy and talking about how awesome he is because that's how, uh, <laughs> how just how pumped I was by seeing that campaign ad yesterday. I love, we need a lot more people like Gary. I love how, like, clearly, like you said, it's an, it's a very, uh, profound argument he's making in the video too. And it is something that needs to be said and it is based in fact. So it's like, and you watch the video about Robert E. Lee and you can tell he really knows, he backs it all up by knowing what he's talking about. So yeah. it's almost like play, like begging someone to call him like a thug or a dope head or something for sitting there smoking a blunt just, but you know, so he can just then fire back at him and prove him wrong with uh, actual information and right. just the passion of having lived it all and all of that. And also something I don't think got said yet, that's another great thing about Gary is he's 36 years old. He's not ancient. He's not mummified like yep. most of our, you know, candidates for office. And that's also a huge thing. No, I didn't know I didn't know about this guy until yesterday, but I'm already a massive fan of his. <laughs> well good. At least I know I got one new supporter for our dear brother. All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still have a lot of show. Uh, let me remind everyone of um, starting January 24th, J.R. Jackson, the big homie, the watch list. Make sure you tune in 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. This is a new 10 week test series on TYT. Find out what stories you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. Here's how you support. One, make sure you watch live and subscribe and follow at youtube.com forward slash watchlist TYT and facebook.com forward slash watchlist TYT. All right. Um, also, Twitchuation Room, Francesca, that's next, right? 4, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you stick and stay for that, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. That's a Twitch exclusive. Twitch.tv forward slash TYT, guaranteed to be quite entertaining. Let me read some of these comments. Make it see the silver hair dragon, a candidate who actually speaks the truth, no matter how, <laughs> no matter how harsh, no whispering. Just shout it out and hopefully some people will hear. There you go. All right. Uh, Kevs247, I think that's right. I thought Republicans were for free speech. No, they're for their speech. That's nationalism. All right, they're not for free speech. Uh, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, Republicans are for flag worshiping, denying history, rejecting democracy. Sounds like a certain Eastern country they are adversarial towards. They are dripping with hypocrisy. That's right. Mike V uh, sounds like a Tuskegee incident all over again. And here's the thing about uh, those uh, some formerly incarcerated individuals. You have to remember there were more uh, individuals involved for uh, on the lawsuit. More people were actually involved. All right, Donald James XX, think about it. This could be one of us too. If you have enough passion, dude is giving me goosebumps. Boom, there it is. That's the idea. Gary is you, you are Gary, I'm Gary, you're Gary, right? We were somewhere minding our business and something caught our attention. 
and we wanted a change. So yeah, he should inspire you, he inspires me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel great, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You know, I'm glad the encounter with her first Karen likely was not violent, okay? Uh, it is something to be observed when you are in the presence of Karenicity, especially if it is your first Karen, all right? This Karen believes that the young person you just saw was somehow making uh, devil symbols and engaged in some kind of devil something. And that's about all I can get out of it. Trey, can you get some more out of this? Well, no, uh, I can't, couldn't parse much of that. But I've noticed, I don't know if you, you recall, the uh, past couple of times I've been on here, we get to the Karens and a lot of them have had accents. Be like, remember the last time it was like this sort of bridge troll, Lord of the Rings type lady who spit <laughs> a tooth out in the middle of her diatribe or whatever. Uh, and it just kind of, it almost kind of makes me feel a little bit better in a way, knowing that America doesn't have a complete monopoly on lunatic Karens. Not at all. You know what I mean? Like seeing one being like, Oh yeah, you want those vampires drinking the blood of children? Is it what's going on there? You know, just like hearing it with uh, with that accent, as opposed to the typical American accent. Just like, well, okay, so I guess they're everywhere. What was she talking about though? No, I, I who's to say? Certainly not me. Well, you know, I got something for you. Double dose. Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? Our phone back, please. You do not have the right to have my phone with you. That's our property. I'm asking for it back. Now you're violating our rights. That's our property that you're having a hold of. Give me the phone back. You know, you don't have the right to do that. This is actually technically theft under $5,000. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking a photo. I have the right to. Yeah, I have the right to. I have the right to record everything that's happening right now. And you do not have the right to have a property with you. The police, the yeah, you have a serious problem, huh? No, I don't I have a serious problem. And ask you for take a seat. For what though? I said, 
I don't said I'm not going to waste my time. Yes or no? Give my phone back right now. Do you want to see a doctor? Yes or no? Give me the phone. I don't want to see the doctor today with you guys. No, I don't. I don't. Give me the phone then. When you go, I will give you your phone. No, you give me the Oh, there's more. This Karen does the unthinkable with the phone. Here it is. When you go, I, I will give you your phone. No, you give me the phone, then we leave. How can we leave without the phone? And the door. You want some problem? You will have. You <clears> have <throat> the problem now. Oh. I'll just go grab the phone. I'll Oh, whoa, you're attacking me. Oh, that's assault. That is assault. Oh, look. So this lady just waved her hand at me. That is assault. That is assault. Right there. That is assault. That is assault. Give me the phone and I won't press charges. If you don't give me the phone. She throws the phone in the trash can. She could have easily handed the phone to the young man, allowed him to leave. Uh, let's put up a picture of this particular Karen in all of her glory. Yeah. She seems so sweet and innocent. I mean, does that look like the kind of person who would take your cell phone, hold it hostage, and throw it in the trash can? No. <laughs> Trey is like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I saw your face. You were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of could tell she would be that kind of person. Yeah, she looks pretty straight down the fairway to me uh, as far oh, as Karen's go. I'm not overly surprised by that at all, really. But it's like they, they all, they've all got this sort of like citizens arresty type thing going on <laughs> where they think there's some kind of like morality police or something. And I don't know why, but I blame Nancy Grace personally. I feel like she was, like the, she was the proto Karen that sort of launched this whole thing off a few years ago. Oh. She, she emboldened them all. She's like the Nick Fury of, of the Karen world. You know, that she just hilarious. kind of assembled them all under the same banner or something. But yeah, I don't know. You know, until this point of my life, I never realized it, but you're right, <laughs> Nancy Grace was an ultimate Karen. Yeah, and I feel like she was at the start of the whole Karen movement. You know, like I remember before people were even calling them Karens, my wife was on some kind of community email chain and some lady was on there freaking out about loud music or something and wanting the cops called or something like that. And she showed it to me and we didn't even have a word for Karen yet. But when that happened, I was like, this is Nancy Grace's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I just, could just sense it, but I could never sense the the tidal wave of uh, mm -hmm. Karenicity, as you put it, that was coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we got more on the other side. Is indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments, and we will get back into the broadcast. TYT member text and says, hey, Karen, even if she was making devil symbols, whatever that is, she's well within her rights to do that on the public street, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make it see the silver hair dragon. Big grin on phone Karen's face. How pathetic of a person does one have to be to need an adrenaline rush from pretending to have power over another human being? And that was a real power trip, right? I mean, really, that, that, the whole cell phone thing and doesn't make sense at all other than you being on a power trip. 
YouTube super chat. Dark Angel three says, one never forgets their first Karen. <laughs> yeah, uh, Prince of Judah 79, I would have just snatched it back. Talking about the phone, Twitch, blue lizard guts. I cannot imagine not minding my own business so hard. I know it takes so much, it takes so much energy to be in the business of other people, especially that much. Um, so, uh, Sauce 240, she should put herself in that trash can. Yeah. Okay, uh, here's an update. We covered this story when it first happened. Cops killed an eight year old child. That's the child. Let's put up a full picture, okay? I'm gonna give you some significant background to this story. They initially charged teenagers, kids for this killing. So let me give you the update. Murder charges have now been withdrawn for two individuals accused of killing an eight year old girl at a Delaware County football stadium last summer. And instead, and this is what I said on day one, the cops have been charged with the murder. They are responsible for her death. The day I covered this, I said the police are the ones who should be arrested for her murder. What well, that has happened. Let's put up the pictures of the young people who are initially charged with this. Okay. Hassine Strand and AJ Ford were initially charged with the murder and the shooting death of Fantability. That's the young lady near the entrance of the Academy Park High School football stadium on August 27th, 2021 in Sharon Hill. Okay, there was a shootout. Three officers, let's put them up, were monitoring the game. And the Sharon Hill officers, Brian Devonay, Sean Dolan and Devin Smith fired back. The bullets from the officer's service weapon were the ones that killed the child Fantability and injured three others could have killed more in the process, okay? Let's put up a picture of the young lady again, of the young child, okay? Here's why I'm doing this. Police officers are trained, are told, are instructed and have a policy to not shoot indiscriminately into crowds or in crowded places. This is to make sure that they don't kill eight year old children, all right? They disregarded their training. Initially, everyone in the justice system tried to cover this up. They immediately charged others, even though you had three people who were wounded, you had a child dead. They came out initially and said, "Oh no, no! These police officers—they were well within their rights and well within their authority to do exactly what they did." But people kept speaking up. You see, this is the power of you. This is the power of the people, individuals in that community, media, and other voices. Say hell to the null. This is not right. These cops should be. Penalized, all right? Uh, the initial shots on Colt Street began with a verbal altercation at the football game between Angelo AJ Ford, 16 years of age, and Sharon Hill and Hussein Strand. That's uh, 18 of Collingdale. 
Ford remains charged with serious crimes for his attempt in killing Strand. All right, so you, you they're, they're charged with the right crimes. Let me make this very clear. They went altercation. There was criminality with that altercation based on the accusation. They have been properly charged with what they did. What the DA tried to do is charge them also with the murder of the nine year old child. That's not gonna fly because the bullets inside of her came from the cops, not from them, all right? Um, Strand on January 18th pleaded guilty to aggravated assault for his wounding of a child bystander during the gunfight and illegal possession of a firearm. By the terms of his plea, he will serve a term of incarceration of 32 to 64 months in a state correctional institute and will remain under court supervision. Each officer has been charged with 12 criminal counts of manslaughter and reckless endangerment. That's exactly what they should have been charged with on day one for their actions that night. While the DA maintains that Strand, Mr. Strand is responsible for instigating the incident that left the girl dead. His office has been directed to withdraw the murder charges filed against Ford and Strand, all right? This is not a pretty picture. There are no good guys versus bad guys. But there is an innocent life who's dead because individuals acted criminally. And you have an innocent child dead. Now the system wanted to make sure immunity was granted to the cops who acted in reckless endangerment. They wanted to give them immunity. No due process, you simply get a pass, you killed somebody and you injured three others with your gunfire by violating policy protocol and you had a reckless disregard for life. But no problem, we're not going to charge you. Well, that doesn't fly. And now these cops are being properly charged as they should have been when it first happened. Trey, what are your thoughts here? I mean, first of all, this is, you know, Horrible. I don't do well with stories like this generally because I got kids around this age, yep. so it's just very sad. I guess the one thing that I thought about, and you alluded to this, I agree with you completely, is like I do feel like not very many years ago at all, it would have been unthinkable that these cops would end up facing any sort of accountability. And now that seems to be happening. Like I feel like just few years back, if somebody told you, he's like, yes, there were some black teenagers got into an altercation, shots were fired. Three nearby cops went full stormtrooper and just started spraying into the crowd, and they killed an eight-year-old girl. I think a few years ago, anyone who was paying attention would have been like, well, I know what's going to happen there. Those teens are going to go down for all that, and the cops will probably get commendations. <laughs> you know, They certainly won't get suspended or face any kind of repercussions at all. And the fact that that is not happening in this case, that it seems like there's still you know a possibility for justice, is like you said a testament to people not putting up with it anymore. All the, yep. everything that's happened over the past few years and the protests and the outrage, the justified outrage, yep. you know. So like you could see it actually having an impact, which at least that is good. But that's yeah, right. I mean, it's just a terrible. Terrible situation. It's, it's an ugly situation. A lot of t- a lot of times in stories, we we like clearly defined good guys and clearly defined bad guys. Well, sometimes you don't get those stories in life. Okay, uh, I think the right charges have now been applied. I think there was an intentional cover up to make sure these cops had complete immunity, and the community spoke up along with others in the media and those who are advocates on the ground. They said, no way, these cops deserve a penalty as well and that's exactly what has happened here.
we got a mystery. We're gonna bring attention to it. Let's put up his picture um, of this young man, Jelani Lovett. Let me explain to you the story of Jelani Lovett. He was found dead in his cell. He was in solitary confinement. And they're saying, well, he died of drugs. Now remember, he's in solitary confinement. The family is demanding answers because things are not adding up. This was in an LA jail, all right? Okay, um, Lovett was in solitary confinement at the time of his death. The day after his death, the detective from the Sheriff's Homicide Bureau informed Terry Lovett about her son's death. He said he was found dead in his cell at 10 p.m. on September 23rd. He told her that there was drug paraphernalia found in her son's cell and that the department was still investigating his death. Almost a month after the death, the family received photographs of Lovett from the coroner's office. The pictures, the mother states, were taken shortly after he died and showed bruises and possible injuries on his body. Remember, he was in solitary confinement, okay? Terry Lovett, that's the mother, believes that her son was killed by a subset within the sheriff's department that runs the jail called the 3000 Boys Gang. We have covered some of these gangs right here on Indisputable. So named after the block of the jail that they work in. She alleges on a family organized GoFundMe page created to help the family during their bereavement that 3000 boys are known to have ritual beatings of inmates as part of initiation ceremonies. We were actually able to confirm some of this in a previous show. She claims that there are at least 19 young black and brown who have been beaten to death by this same crew. Lovett's sister, Vanessa Carter, let me go to Vanessa, was one of the last people to speak to him before he died. She told the Guardian that she talked with him a few hours before he died and could overhear him arguing with one of the guards. The family believes that this adds motive to why the guards would beat him up and possibly kill him. The mother's lawyer, Christian Contreras, says that the sheriff's office operated from a place of negligence causing wrongful death. He also says the law enforcement, that law enforcement is showing deliberate indifference and is in violation of the 14th Amendment, uh, perpetuating the inhumane killing of an individual. The attorney filed in November a request for records that should open records request, hoping to get footage, reports, and the names of deputies involved. But like the family's request for details, this too was ignored. The coroner's office sent a copy of the autopsy to the Guardian on January 11th before the family or lawyer even saw it. Let's put up a picture of the Lieutenant Brandon Dean who said nothing out of the ordinary happened and love is death. That was an exact quote from that guy. So let me let me set the scenario again. You have law enforcement executives coming out publicly saying nothing was out of the ordinary in this death. Nothing, he was in solitary confinement. You are alluding to a drug overdose. 
you are saying drug paraphernalia was found in his solitary confinement cell. First of all, that alone is not normal. That alone is not normal. He's in a controlled environment and in a controlled environment inside of a controlled environment. He's in solitary confinement. This is a real mystery. What happened to this young man? Because they're not providing any conclusive evidence that something normal took place here. Trey. So I don't even know what to say, but this is just like, this is crazy and more people should be talking about this. You got literal gangs holding like beat ins, initiation ceremonies on inmates in prisons in this country. That's like truly horrific <laughs> and, and needs to be talked about more. I first started reading this story, the initial details. And I, at first I was like, how did he possibly over OD? I thought was the question. And I was like, well, I mean, I know that people can still get drugs in prison, but then it keeps unfolding and it's like, okay, no, this is, this is some truly insane stuff going on here. So, I mean, I hope that it continues to unravel because I mean, yeah, it's very alarming and that type of thing can't, yeah. can't be and, and let on, me, obviously. Let me say this for the record. Uh, if you're in solitary confinement inside of a jail, you have virtually zero interaction with other incarcerated people. So if he actually did have drugs, he got the drugs from a CO. Right. A corrections officer gave him the drugs, all right? If he had drug paraphernalia, he got it from a CO. Because solitary confinement keeps you separate from others inside of the facility, except for interaction with your CO. Okay, all right, brother, always a pleasure. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great yeah. work. Yeah, thanks for having me back. You can just uh, look me up by my name on the internet if you want. If you wanna come see me live, you go to wellreadcomedy.com. If you're not down with that, that's fine. Maybe holler at me on Patreon, Patreon slash Trey Crowder. Support me that way. Either way, yeah, hope to see you out there on the internet or the real world. Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, sir. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.